0: Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, where two best friends tell each other stories about history, true crime, and other shenanigans. This is Jess Courtney, and I recorded a special episode for you guys with Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. So we talk about a lot of things, um, but really focusing kind of like on mental health and family and just kind of getting by. So enjoy a more informal episode of the cult of domesticity and if you like the episode go over and check out ignorance was bliss because Kate has the other half of this episode on her podcast and then definitely just
1: go check out her stuff it's amazing yeah oh that was almost exactly at 12 minutes that was beautiful (laughs) we should be in a girl band I know right a girl group there we go
0: I can't (laughs) sing as any like as you know you've listened I have a horrible singing voice I insist on singing
1: (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that No one in my... I used to be able to, but now I can't hear myself, so, you know, there's that.
0: I got told I am so tone deaf that I don't realize how tone deaf I am
1: by (laughs) someone. Well, you know, that's fine. Then you don't hurt. It's all good. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's only bad when I'm at church, though, because my mom likes to sing, and she's also tone deaf and has, I think, probably the same type of singing voice as I do, and I'm just like, please, please, no, please don't make that be me. That's funny. At least I don't look that's like funny. Kitty Foreman, because that is isn't accurate. Like, that's why. Like, if we ever refer to someone as Kitty in the podcast, that's my mom. We're talking about that.
1: That's awesome.
0: She looks exactly like
1: that. Oh my gosh! This is yeah, like. I mean, it's it. Family is a whole lot of fun, and and it's interesting having my dad here now because we're in this weird, like. N- we're not quite we're not really the same, you know, we're not equals really. in fact, and right now he needs extra sort of care, and so it's a weird vibe, but we can get along like of the four when you know when willem's parents adopted my husband was adopted, and so for the first like ten years of our marriage, we had his parents and mine, and of the four of them, my dad was the only one we could ever possibly live with, you know that that my mom and I we struggle to communicate.
0: Yeah.
1: If I can be as, that's as politically correct as I can be. She makes me fucking insane, but you know, whatever. (laughs) And, and his father was sort of, uh, he was just Dutch. And so the Dutch are kind of known for being super stubborn, super, like if they ask you enough questions, they can know everything, you know?
0: Yes. I had our, well, actually, my graduate advisor and then she was her husband is Dutch and he's also the um, the history department, like head of the history department. And we always joked because he had our theories class and he would just like he was like that father you never wanted to disappoint. But he always would just sit back and ask you these questions and you're like, you no, like, like, I have no idea where you're pulling this from. Like, oh, yeah, they're very good at that. The Dutch. Yeah.
1: They are, and uh, and my, you know, my father-in-law. There was one one meal that we were, we were at with this restaurant, and he got it in his head somehow that neuropsychology and psychology are the same thing, and they're kind of not. Yeah. But so, his solution was to keep asking me questions about neuropsychology, as though if he asked me enough questions, I would just figure it all out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. You know, if that worked, (laughs) we would be a a country of smarter people. But it doesn't.
0: No. Oh, no. I I totally get the whole situation you're in right now. We're, I mean, it's a weird situation on my side because, like, my dad's parents both died in their 50s. So, like, never Mm -hmm. knew them. But we have, like, my dad's great aunts are still around. So they're basically, I had, like, adopted grandparents. But my mom's side is... My mom's like, oh, we could always have my dad live with us. But now both my grandparents on that side are so far gone with dementia, like, Mm. they should still be in their house. But they are, and that's – we're dealing with the fun of they didn't prepare for later on in life. So it's like, how do you deal with in-home care that is just supposed to be – like, these people are trained for six weeks, and they're only supposed to be dealing with – like, oh, you need help going to the store, you need help cleaning your house, like, they're not medical people, and they're dealing with one wheelchair-bound woman who probably, I mean, now she probably weighs, like, 90 pounds, and then uh, 90, it's gonna be 92 soon, year old man who, like, he doesn't like you. He, he was a <laughs> Marine, and he worked in building supply his whole life. He's strong, like, He's lost a lot of weight, but he's still, like, really freakishly strong. So, if he doesn't like you, you're not getting him to do it. He won't anything.
1: work with you. Right.
0: So, so, when you were saying your your dad, like, you're like, well, it's okay that he can live here. I'm like, I wish we were still at that point <laughs> of debating. Yeah. Like, but that...
1: if well, I, I mean, that's the thing. My, my, dad's, my dad's only 57. Mm-hmm. So there's no dementia. There's nothing like that. It's just that his physical health sucks. Mm -hmm. And, um, and apparently he has, um, a challenging choice in, in life partner, I guess, because my mom is just, you don't, you don't say no to my mother. Um, and as long as you kind of take on that role with her forever, you're fine, but that's not a role that I'm real comfortable with. So, I mean, my mother almost got arrested in Paris. Because she got in a fight with TSA. I
0: feel like our mothers are similar in that sense.
1: (laughs) It was a whole lot of, like, because, you know, to to go there, you know, you spend weeks and weeks packing and everything's just where it needs to be. And so it's great. And then coming home, you've been there for a week and you've. You know, things get moved around. Things get shuffled around. And so you yep. take this out of this backpack and put it in the other, whatever. And so in her carry-on, she had moved a Leatherman from her checked luggage into the carry-on. And, of course, TSA is like, no, you can't do this. And you can't say no to my mother. So she's, like, staging a coup in <laughs> Charles de Gaulle Airport. She's like, it's oh. it's not a knife. It's a wheelchair repair tool. Now, meanwhile, my sister has gotten up out of her wheelchair and walked away. Just (laughs) literally stepped away from the situation to get away from my mother because she's behaving so badly. And, you know, and I'm like, you know what? My passport doesn't even have your name on it anymore. So I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm going home today. And, uh, you know, and she just got so self-righteous about things. And that's, that's the thing is that my mom is so convinced that she knows the right answer she actually says it i don't know if you listened to the episode that she's in um, oh yeah
0: yeah i did yeah she whatever she seems whatever like
1: number it. but she says it at one point <sighs> that she knows the right answer and i that was like the best poker face like i swear i strained something in my face <laughs> to keep from being like ah, of course you do oh.
0: <laughs> but, that, but yeah. yeah that is my my mom is very much like that and she's i mean we used to joke when she was a manager at her job that she would break she she's very we joke she's very german you know she's 50% german but she likes everything to be her way she's right and you're just there to support her but she also had she's a chemist and when i fortunately was not with them my sister ran up to me and JFK because we, when we went to Europe, we were flying back separately because I went for school and booked my flights through them. And so they, mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. And she goes, mom's a terrorist. And I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> she had, because we had done Spain, Paris, and then we visited London because I have a cousin who lives there now. And she had olive oil and canisters. Way above the limit, you know. And I've learned that, you know, in some European countries, they're very lax. Spain, Paris, very kind of lax to get in, you know. The UK mm-hmm. is like the U.S. They don't mess around. Like, you know, they want to know where you're going, like <laughs> everything. They give you bags to put your stuff in and all of that. They're like, I would say they're more hardcore than the U.S. in certain ways. And yeah. the guy pulls it out and he goes, "What? what is this? And my mother, the chemist, goes, It's a base oil. And I'm just oh, like, God. like, how how did you not get like interrogated? Like how are you not on a watch list now? I mean clearly you got I, the I,
1: My mother probably is. I, I don't even know. I <laughs> she yeah, it was that same like it's a wheelchair repair tool. I'm like, No mom, it's a knife. You mm-hmm. know, it's a knife and it's post post nine eleven. You're not it's not gonna happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. some kind of idea and yeah
0: it, this is the second time I mean luckily this time it, she was in like Heathrow um, and then <laughs> she just threw away the oil she's like I'll just throw it away I'll just throw it away it's fine and my, I think my sister probably said it's olive oil she's chemist. she's an idiot um, she was flying from Akron to her friend's place in Florida and my parents had just had their 25th wedding anniversary well her friend in Florida didn't get the centerpiece which I'm going to describe to you, and then tell you where my mom put it, and then you can understand why this is the second time. <laughs> it was a candle in a glass vase with rocks around it. She put it in her carry-on.
1: Oh sure. Oh yeah, cause why not? <laughs> and we were all just like. And that's the thing is, I can I can hear my mother. I can hear her. It's a it's a centerpiece for my twentieth. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, no, no, mom, <laughs> no. It's bomb-making materials. It, that's what it is, It mom. looks
0: like a bomb when you go through... It goes through. So then you just imagine Kitty Foreman getting a pat down. She got very... She goes, mm-hmm. I got a very thorough pat down. I was like, well, you should, because you were stupid.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is my mom. Like, we, we had... Okay, kind of so we're, we're, we're trying to come home and... <laughs> Sorry, that
0: was my sister. She...
1: That's fine. Hi.
0: She... She... Oh, she... The other place I used to record, she used to... um it was a different closet in the basement. Um, but she could sneak <laughs> up on me and scare the shit out of me.
1: <laughs> Siblings, yeah. Because
0: it was a pocket door, so I couldn't hear it, but this one's like a folding door. Accordion door, so she can't right. do that. <laughs> and I didn't
1: tell More her- fun wh- for her.
0: Yeah, it's less fun. I mean, it's better <laughs> for me because it's actually warmer in this one, shockingly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that.
1: That's fine. No, I was gonna say my the thing about my mom So that we we, I want to say that our flight out of out of Charles de Gaulle was probably, let's say 10am. I I don't I don't remember exactly what time. Mm -hmm. But it was that kind of time where any functional, normal human being recognizes that, okay, we get up, we get packed, we get in a cab, and we're at the airport by eight, like there's no screwing around. There's, you know, we're just going home. And my mother's like, I think we probably have time to go by the Eiffel Tower one last time. I'm like, Mom, you go. you, uh, Not me. And uh, she was so angry at me for daring to suspect that she had some sort of limits on her capabilities in life. It, it, you know, and just. Yeah. And, and then we get there. But, but so it meant we had two hours, uh, you know, or, or whatever it was. And, and so by the time we went through, it, This is, I think, before we couldn't electronically check in. But Um. by the time we went through check-in and and everything else, you know, of course, my mother has started mumbling by this point about, we could have totally gone (laughs) to see the AF Tower by this point. Like, yes, we could have. Mom, you were right. I am wrong. I am ashamed. Shut up. And then they're like, well, because you've got time before your flight. So if you would like to take your knife... And put it in your carry-on. We could. There's time. We wouldn't tell you to do it if you couldn't do it. And she was just like, "No, it's fine. No." And she threw the Leatherman at a TSA agent. Oh my now, gosh! Now it was closed. So it's not like she threw. It's not like don't picture like a uh, go. No, go ahead and picture a circus knife thrower. It might have been. Might as well have been because <laughs> they don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, I was just like, you know, I'm just walking. I'm just walking you know (laughs) not looking back but just keep it just fine oh my god so that's that's just sort of her personality and so actually doing elder care is really good for her Mm -hmm. Um, you know because a lot of times when you get people who as you know people who are older especially if they've not made real clear plans you need to sit them down and be like okay you me look right here eye contact eye contact eye contact here's what has to happen no 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 this is what has to happen I don't care what you want. This is what, you know, like that's what you have to do.
0: Yeah. And... We got to that point. And then another member of the family who has helped. Po- well, the problem is the power of attorney and the medical power of attorney are in two different people's hands. And so oh, God, yes. And the problem is the, the power of attorney person, my grandmother, My mom had set up where they were ready to go into a very, like, together, they could go together in a very nice, assisted living. They could live together. They would both get care. They, like, we knew the food would be good. They would get some mental stimulation. Granted, they'd probably, like, they're stubborn and they would hate it for a while. But my grandfather is a social creature. He ran a business for 50-odd years, you know, until my grandmother got sick. And then he took care of her. So, like, he's a very social person. So, when they're out and about, they love it. just dragging them out of their house. And so someone stepped in because my grandmother said, I want to go home. And he said, yes. And my my sister said, we're not being responsible for this. (laughs) So,
1: yeah. 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 And, I mean... I feel bad for my sister Sarah she is 31 now she's she's the next sister in line. so my sisters we all had the same parents mm-hmm. but my parents were 17 when I was born and so they took a while yeah for round two and so my sister Sarah is the one who still lives in upstate New York mm-hmm. close to my mom and so it's gonna be Sarah that has to deal with my mother but that, you know we, we've kind of had a powwow because Sarah and my dad have have some issues that they have not worked through. Oh. And uh, fine, you know what? I'm fine with that. I can cope with that. You deal with mom. <laughs> and so... Sometimes it's that's just... That's the best we got.
0: It's better to do it that way where, like, you realize, okay, it's getting to be a certain point And, you know, we agree on this and this. And my siblings have kind of, like, we've already had that power. And my parents, I mean, my mom just turned 60. So, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, she also, like, waited longer to have kids. But it's, like, we already know, like, we're going to trust my sister to be in charge. We're putting, like, we will support her in every way possible because we've seen what happened with my grandparents where once two of them were doing a lot. And, I mean, my grandmother's been sick now for 10 years. (laughs) It's been a while. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's been rise and fall of gradual, like, and, and all of that. Also learned. Get if you think you might have depression or anxiety, please get it diagnosed early. Cause uh right. Ooh, we found that one out when she was like eighty.
1: That was fun. Yeah. Late night, late time diagnosis. Well, and and because there are so many uh, somatic, physical mm-hmm. aspects to depression that it's really hard to to get ahead of it especially the older somebody gets
0: well it pretty it pretty much seemed like her depression anxiety went into her cleaning her house she got shingles really bad mm-hmm. couldn't clean her house and then afterwards like they're also from the age of well why do we need physical therapy i'm better now so it's like it was right. this continual thing of well you need physical therapy to make sure you can walk when she can't walk you can't really clean your house and like we've gotten to this point where she's now pretty much, I always say it, it's the worst way to say it, but she at points she kind of looks like a Holocaust victim just based on like the wasting and she can't yeah. move herself.
1: But it's failure to thrive.
0: Yeah, the sad thing is I we're, I I've already I've told people this it, we're gonna have a notebook situation because. I think my mom said they're gonna be married 63 or 65 years this year so mm-hmm. they're just they're I think they're just holding on for each other but like you see he he doesn't want to leave her she doesn't want to leave him yep. and because they decide because her depression wasn't treated for so long so then like I mean other things worse and then She'll get anxious if he's up getting upset about something, so it's like this weird cycle. And I just like you're just like sometimes if I go over there, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we'll have to we'll have to get one of them to the doctor. And my grandma won't fight us, my grandfather will fight us, and then which makes her anxious because he's fighting us because he doesn't want to go. Why do I have to go? You're gonna put me somewhere, and you're just like, you need to not <laughs> because she's gonna freak out, and then they're gonna be. Like, you know, this weird cycle and you're just like, oh, my gosh, they should not be in their home. But that has been taken out of our hands at this point. So it's like, yeah, what do you do? So like when your your interview with your mom, I was just like, I totally get all of this. And at 25, I yeah. should not be getting it. But, you know, my my siblings. And yeah, I- no, I, I hear you. I mean, we already determined how we're going to be buried because we're weird like that. <laughs> but we know, like, don't want to suffer. It's, like, if we get to a certain point, t- t- put us in. Put us in. Like, literally, it, if you get us yeah. a good one, put us in. Might be grumpy about it, but in the end, the socialization factor alone is worth it. Well,
1: and and... You know, I mean, my mom talks about a little bit in, in her interview about how EMS, if they find you unresponsive, they are legally obligated to work on you unless there is a, an, a visibly posted <coughs> DNR order somewhere.
0: Yeah, I need to, I and, need to r- mind to tell my mother that because, uh, that's gotta happen because,
1: mm. And that's hard to do, you know, and and it's hard. to, And so, you know, the way I feel about it is especially because I'm young. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't look at me at 40 and think you're going to have a DNR. You know, that that when when you walk into a house and there's children's toys all over the floor because my youngest is five, you know, nobody goes to that point. And and frankly, the way I feel about it right now is that go ahead and try at the EMS level. Yeah. You know, it's it's and go ahead and shock me back if the if the if the ER doctor thinks it's going to work but if i slip into a place where i'm going to require a ventilator or feeding tube no i don't want that and so i listen to people like my neighbor across the street is what is she she's 90 Oh, she's older than that now she's got to be 98 or 100 now because she remembers my house being built and my house was built in 1926. So That's she's just got impressive. a few on her. And she's, she's fabulous. You know, she's, she's really fun. She used to own a yarn shop. So I'm so sad that we missed that. But oh yeah, she's, just, she's, a, she's a really fun lady. You know, she's got a lot to say. Uh, unfortunately, she has gone blind. And now she doesn't like people in the house because uh, she can't tell where you are. and It makes her nervous. Right. And she doesn't remember me well enough. And so... I don't go over there anymore because she doesn't like it because it upsets her. Yeah. But, um, well I used to go over and I would sit and knit with her, even if she was just holding the needles and not doing anything, you know, it just, the company more than anything. Oh, but yeah. she has this attitude, just hardcore. I'm going to die in my bed. You know, there, there is mm-hmm. nothing. You know, I mean, she has said, I'm going to die in my bed. God damn it. And she doesn't look like the goddammit it type. So I adore her. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. I look at that and I'm like, I don't understand. I don't, I like, I, I'm i trying to, and I guess I get the idea that it's maybe more comfortable for you, maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't want my loved ones to have that on them. Oh. I don't want that to be their last image of me.
0: Yeah, that, that is very much how my mother's side is. And we joke that we want to end up like my great aunts. I have a great aunt who turned 90 last year. She still works the Slovenian Lodge fish fry every Friday, which means on Thursday they come in and prep everything. And she polkas on Saturday. She says, now I'm tired. Mm -hmm. But, like, she's amazing. But they went out and did things. And they, like, they still make sure they go out and see people. So you're in better shape. Where we actually had, like, gosh, it was probably two years ago now, two, three years ago now, where my last great uncle... He wanted to die in the house. And this, uh, Sally, who's been on one of my episodes, uh, about Anthony Sowell, she basically oh, yeah. realized what was happening, and because she knew, she was, why would I take, like, at that point, it was like, why take him to the doctor, the hospital, and be, like, he wouldn't want it. He'd fight me. He'd be uncomfortable. So... <laughs> V- she she told me she had to call his doctor, and, like, some intern answered, and she had to be like, my father's dying. And this poor intern was like, a what? Because, you know, like, that's not... <laughs> like, it's calm. She was calm about it. She had accepted it, you know? And he died in his house. Yep. But her sister, who flew in, and her mom... Cause it was like the first night, like they figured out over the weekend and he died on Wednesday and they like, it was the first night of sleep. She had gotten a good night of sleep since then. And they call her because they think he's dead, but they're not sure. And she's like, Oh, fortunately her husband was a cop for the city of Cleveland for years. So he was like, okay, they knew what to do. Because right. you have to call like the cops and the like EMS and all of that, but they were her sister and mother were upset because she gave her father morphine, like the doctor told her to, mm-hmm. to stop like the death rattle. It's like she didn't want her mother, who was sitting down there with him, to hear that, you know? Like, right? They've been married for so many years. Well, you and there don't, comes a like, point
1: where it's it's palliative care, it's comfort care, it's not. Rescue anymore
0: Yeah Yeah, so it's like I don't want to die in my house I don't want I don't want
1: to put that on my loved ones I want, you know, frankly I want them to push morphine And the more the better You know, and frankly Mm -hmm. If you want to start pushing it now Just to practice Let's go for it You know
0: (laughs) Oh yeah I I mean Why not? Let's go for it
1: (laughs) Yeah And so I just I mean, I've been on a ventilator I've been on a feeding tube It's awful. Oh yeah. You know, they only put you on a vent if they really believe your lungs are going to quit working on their own. And usually in that case, you're on a crap load of IV medications and that kind of deal. So if nothing else, they have IV ports in both arms, but usually like saline coming in one side and medications coming in the other. And so they they Velcro your arms to the sides. Right. And so I was I don't know how much I've gone on about it online, whatever. But I was in a coma for a week and a half in 2010. um, Mm -hmm. After I had Isaac. And when I came out, I was alert. And there was a day where I was awake. But you know, they kind of had to ease back on some of the medications that some of the sedatives that I was on before they could just plug everything like they can't just yank a feeding tube and yank a vent and say, Okay, good luck. And so there was a Mm -hmm. solid day where I was aware that I was strapped down, and I was aware that I was on a ventilator and a feeding tube, but there was nothing I could do about it. And that ventilator is the worst goddamn thing because the vent goes in your mouth, and the feeding tube goes up your nose, so it's backwards anyway. And, you know, of course, I'm stressed out like crazy because I don't really know what's happened. I only know what they're telling me, and that's only bits and pieces because I've been so sick. And so I'm grinding my teeth. And so little bits and pieces of the vent are breaking off. And now they're like floating around in my mouth, these little pieces of plastic. And there's nothing I can do. You know, I can't even spit. And I didn't like that. You know, (laughs) and that was awful. And the feeding tube thing, like your stomach is messed up for such a long time after. And I just bad, 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 nasty stuff. Like, I'm really, really glad that 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 set of options was there when I needed it. I'm I'm very grateful that it was there when I needed it, but I don't ever want it again. And now having gone through the epilepsy and having gone through this other stuff, I'm like, you know what? I think, I don't think I can keep bouncing. You know, that there's this moment after a seizure when they ask you your name mm-hmm. and you don't know the answer. And I mean, you literally like, it's that feeling of like, oh, of course I know it's. And then the answer is just not there. And it's terrifying and you know you're sore because all of your muscles you've just gotten a whole body workout you yeah. know very quickly and so you're sore like crazy and it's just there's so many things that are bad and it's like i i can't keep losing skills that i had and i can't keep bouncing back like this i just cannot and uh, and so i've had to have really clear talks with with my husband and with my dad now and and with people about like look Go ahead and do rescue efforts, but I can't do I can't do sustaining efforts anymore. I I just I can't, and uh, and that's a shitty conversation to have. But I would rather have it now, in a way that is clear to everybody, so that nobody's like, oh, what should we do? I don't know what we should do. It's it's very clear, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's bad. It's yucky.
0: Yeah. No, I totally get that because I mean, my sister and I were. 15 months apart and we've kind of like with all her chronic illness stuff it's kind of like she she's accepted with what she has that one she doesn't know if she can actually have kids (laughs) or does she want to it because it's genetic and she has the worst like there's three types and she has the worst type so does she want to pass that (laughs) well we think my dad's mother had it my so my dad's my grandmother my dad's side but we don't know because they you basically find what she has because you one your doctor probably has had someone else who has it with it which more clear where their hands will swell or the scary one when your throat swells um, mm-hmm. her GI tract swells so that's fun you know how many people can say they've touched their sister's intestines through their skin it's weird i <laughs> accepted it <laughs> yeah Uh, so, like, she, like, she knows, like, it's, it's hard, because, like you said, when you have a seizure, your whole body hurts, and when she has an attack, basically, she can look three months pregnant, and she's super skinny, so it's like, you notice, and her only treatment is to basically give her, we joke, they're, like, more expensive than EpiPen's shots, and she has to stab herself in the stomach you know no one wants to do that but that's what she has to do and she goes i like she's accepted she's not gonna live as long as you know some like our great aunt who's 92 she doesn't want to because
1: yeah that's that's the thing is i know i'm not going to and i don't want to
0: and so like i know if she's ever in a situation where they're like we're gonna have to do this this and this i'm gonna be like she wouldn't want it, you know. Think of it right well, now. Well that's something
1: she's got to, she should ride out because yeah. if you know, the younger she is, the harder they're gonna fight you.
0: hmm And my I know for I mean the sense of humor she has for like how long we've we've known she's had this for God, probably about four or five years now. But she basically went through end of middle school, all through high school, going to the Cleveland Clinic. Like, you know, she, she knows what she wants and what she doesn't want, but she has this amazing sense of humor about it. Like, she had to but... do one of those camera pills and she goes, she goes, I got to carry around a thing that said, I don't have a bomb in me today. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, she's like the optimism when you're dealt like one of the world's shittiest hands.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's it's this sort of, there's a black humor and you develop perspective about what's actually important. You know, and, and so if one of my kids breaks something or misbehaves, you know, I try to discipline them, but I'm also at the same time, I'm like, eh, <laughs> whatever, bring it.
0: In the scheme of things, like them breaking something, maybe depending on the sentimental value, a little anger, but other than that, you're like, it's broken, yes, should you have done that? No but it's
1: okay. It's not that big a thing. Yep. Yeah. So, now I follow and and it's hard. It's hard for it's harder I think for other people to hear it than it is when you're in it to say it. Yeah. You know, and and because of course other people they don't want that loss and they don't want you, you know, they think somehow that living forever is like a positive thing because death scares people. But you know, I just feel like nothing does last forever and nothing's supposed to.
0: No, and I mean, I know she's personally had harder times finding someone to date who understands I'm not gonna feel good on certain days and I'm just gonna go home from work. I have to be at work. I need to make like a living. I have to live a life. But I'm gonna go home. I'm may- I might have a ginger ale and I'm gonna go to sleep because my whole body hurts, you know? And her mm-hmm. last boyfriend said... You're cheating on me. And she goes, I don't have oh, God. the effort
1: to try. Right? Do you know how much work that would be?
0: Anyone who has chronic illness and you're just like, and I just laughed because she would make the effort to go like, he lives about 40 minutes from our house and she would go out there and he lives in Amish country. So she'd drive out there and uh-huh. she'd make the time to go sit and watch a movie with him, but she'd fall asleep because she doesn't feel good. And, you know, she's... And he's like, well, then why did you even come over here? She goes, because I wanted to spend time with you. And, like, I might yeah, not feel I'm
1: good. wondering that myself now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And eventually it just, like... She's like, it was just too much. He just didn't... Like, she goes, I told him straight off the bat, like, this is what it is. Like, she's one of those people who comes out and, like, I might not feel good. I, like, this is... I have a chronic illness. Like, sometimes I'm going to be, like, super up because I feel good. And then, who knows... Something might happen, and I'm—you won't see me for a couple days because if I get like a cold, it's like a cold plus. So it's like you can't—you right. can't get mad at me if I disappear because I am just laying in my ha- in my bed, you know, like for three days.
1: Right. No, if shit hits my fan, it hits my fan harder. Yep. Yeah. And I was and just like—and I mean, I feel bad for Willem, I feel bad because he and I started dating before I got sick. Yeah. And I mean, I was 27 before I was diagnosed with the, uh, the spinal autoimmune, um, ankylosing spondylitis. And then, you know, we'd been married a lot of years, 10 years before I had the disaster medical stuff after Isaac's birth. And then, you know, and now this and now this and now this, it's one thing after the other. And I look at him sometimes and I'm like, you didn't sign on for this. You know, I I feel bad knowing that. And of course he's, he doesn't look at it the same way, but I definitely have this feeling of like, look, I, this is not what you signed on for, you know? And, and I feel bad. And so it's that much harder. Like I've said before, like I, I won't date again. I just mentally, I'm not prepared to let somebody in, but also physically I'm a disaster. (laughs) <laughs> no way. So it's good that I already had my kids because I'm, no, I'm, no, I am not brave enough to even consider that.
0: Well, I, I told my sister, cause I was like, I, I don't want children. I realized that a while ago, but I told her, I'm like, if you need some, someone to have a child, I want to be the first person like you ask, because you know, if you, if you need an egg or if you need a carrier, I'll be there for you. You know, we also, I mean, when she was really bad and we didn't know what it was, we spent probably. Yeah. Cause she, when she got really bad, it was the same time my grandmother got sick and the same time my great uncle, we found out like, Hey, you probably shouldn't be living in your home. And he was sick. So it's like, there was no parents. It was my sister and I a lot. So like, I was like, at this point we could be twins. For how close we are and I'm like I want to be your first option if you want this you want to have kids and you don't want to risk your health I will I will do that for you because tell you the truth that girl probably if she I mean she can't but if I needed a, like a lung or a liver or anything she'd give it to me right
1: she'd knock somebody over on the street and get it for you yeah
0: we always joke because sometimes if she doesn't really feel good she goes i need a new body i'm like okay give me height age weight (laughs) does it have to be female like (laughs) and if you know what if she's feeling bad it makes her laugh because she's like oh i guess i'm like i'm like i get i will have to figure out where to dispose the rest of it but i mean we'll try we'll like frankenstein we'll do we
1: can yeah (laughs) that's perfect you know no, she's, I think that's a big, I mean, I, I, let me just uh, off your point about, I don't want to have kids. Good, please don't. You know, because in our society, there's such a, like, a pressure. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? You know, dah, dah, dah. and I feel like kids ruin everything. Like, you know, <laughs> there's no better way to put it. Like, they change everything about your body. You know, just your hair grows different and your your fingernails are different and I mean my feet are bigger. You know, I I yeah. wore a certain shoe size before I had Emily and now I am 3 sizes bigger and they don't ever get smaller again. Like much of your body bounces back but your feet don't.
0: Oh, um, my sister and my mom told us that she didn't have big boobs and then she had kids and then she goes it was weird and I go I just told her I was like, "Well, screw you" because I would enjoy that. <laughs>
1: like not having that. I mean, it's insane. And that's an overnight thing. I, I I actually, I was, I was pregnant with Emily and with your first, Mm -hmm. you don't show in the belly for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean like six months and I still, you know, if I, if I were naked or wearing something skin tight, then you'd probably figure it out. But otherwise you'd never know that I was pregnant. I was working in a group home for the mentally ill and, those women were extremely attuned to pregnancy and children and that kind of deal. And they had no idea until I announced (laughs) my pregnancy. So, you know, you don't show for a really long time, but your boobs get bigger, like really early on and they're sore. And so it's not just that your bras don't fit very well, but they hurt. And so I go into like Target or somewhere, you know, the, this is, this is in the days, you know, this is 2000 that Emily was born. So this is in the days where like the maternity section was like this tiny little corner yep. of the store. And you know, now you can go in and accidentally buy half the damn store and not realize you sh- you're in the maternity section.
0: Except for but, all the clothes are comfier. So I,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're cuter too. It pisses me off. So I, uh, I'm kind of standing there in the, in the maternity section, like not knowing I'm looking at these bras and I'm like, do I buy one and then wait and see if I get even bigger or do I buy all of them at once? Like, have I done all my growing? Right. And this woman comes in and stands next to me and she's got a baby in the cart with her. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of point at the baby and I'm like, is that yours? (laughs) And she yeah says, yeah. And I said, okay, you tell me what, you know, having gone through this You tell me. What should I do here? And she's like, well, I would only buy one at a time and see what you need. Because when I was pregnant with this one, I went from a C cup to a G. Oh. And I I literally turned around. I grabbed my wallet and I walked out of the store. And I went home and I laid down on the floor and cried. I'm like, I have changed my mind. (laughs) Like.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, w- I think, I w- I think. I w- yeah, I-, I wouldn't have even left the store. I would have just, like, curled up on the Target floor and been like, no. <laughs> it's like, I can't do
1: this. And Willow, meanwhile, is like, cool. <laughs> no. And so, yeah, that was now what I ended up doing was going from a C to a double D, which was enough all by itself. But at least it oh, was yeah. not, like, freak show. Um, but... And that, unfortunately, kind of, you do lose that once you're done breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. and so there's just all this weird shit that happens, but then kids, like, you can't, you don't think the same, and you can't sleep at night in the same way, because your heart is wandering around in the world outside your body, you know, And, and you're vulnerable all the time, because they're stupid, you know, they eat poison and they pick up electrical wires and they walk in front of cars and they're just, you know, and, and so you're kind of constantly worried that something's going to happen to this one thing that you most need to protect and, you know, and they, they, they misbehave and they just, everything, I mean, they're, they're a disaster and, you know, right about the time that you start to really enjoy them, mm-hmm. they move out, <laughs> you know, they grow up and move away and so... I, it just, no, I I hate this thing that society does to push women like everyone should have kids. And I feel like, no, there's this handful of things in, in life. Having kids is one. Buying a house is one. Getting a dog is one. Going to grad school. There are things that you should only do them if you cannot imagine your life without them. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... And that if you don't want to go to... You know, if you don't want a house, if you don't want a dog, if you don't want grad school, fine, cool, don't do it. But the only
0: thing people at the society but push you on is having those kids. They'll be like, well, you should be married, you should have kids, you should do this, you should do that. And I just laugh cuz
1: they're shooting all over you, right?
0: Yeah, like my favorite thing is I've told my mom numerous times and like there are certain people in my family though like they won't really push me on it, but my mom will be like, "Well, what happens if you meet the right person?" And I was like, We'll cross that road when I get there, but I don't, I, I'm, I like my little cousins and all of that. But I realized when they were small, I was like, I can't do this.
1: (laughs) I can't. I like giving them back when I'm done with them. You know,
0: (laughs) I like shoving their pockets full of candy as they get in the car.
1: Right. I don't have to deal with it. Oh, you're, you're mean that way. I see. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well... But yeah, no, totally. And I think that's fantastic. Like, please don't have them if you don't want them. Yeah. You know, and when I say want them, I mean not in the moment, but, like, if you can imagine a life that is happy without them, then don't have them.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think and, the, the nice thing is, at least on my mom's side, there are, there are a couple, like, of the women who, you know, don't have kids, but they... They make it work. They, you know, they travel. They do things they enjoy. They can leave for the weekend, and it's fine. Whereas, you got kids, you can't just fly off somewhere. And you're like, okay, well, what are we going to do for the vacation now? It's just... Right. I mean, I have What's no like having idea. It's a dog. Yeah, a dog is easier, though. People tend to be well, yeah, happier you, to watch your dog than to watch your kid for a weekend like all weekend the kids you have three yeah. of them they outnumber me okay and I can't drink while I do yeah. this got it
1: yeah yeah no uh, and that's uh, there's that's one of the hard things I would say that the, the only real downside to us having moved out here from upstate New York is that we don't have any family out here and it took years before we had reliable care for our kids you know and a lot of times it was if we wanted to go somewhere we had to first drive to new york to drop the kids off with my mother or somebody and then go do whatever we were going to do and that's a pain in the ass oh yeah that's so you know they, I mean, they do. They ruin everything, and they're a disaster, and their their work, and they don't say thank you for you know a decade, and it's just, yeah, I, I I hate when I hear people get pressured, and I'm absolutely delighted when I hear somebody say, no, I don't want kids. I'm like, cool, don't. Uh, yeah, and you know, you might change your mind. It's possible down the road. You know, nobody can really fill in that sentence forever of I'm never going to want. Such and such. You know, I I hear people, I even lose my mind a little bit when I hear people say, I'm always going to remember this moment. (laughs) Because I think, you know what? I don't remember a full year of my life. All gone. Full year. So, bite me. But, you know, you can't actually say that, so.
0: Oh, I wanted to. But, uh. I totally get that feeling because I had to explain to my mother what having ADHD is like. And I I basically told her, like, because sometimes they don't tell you this when they diagnose you. You get memory, like, your memory is not great and stuff like that. And so sometimes I was, like, I basically explained to her, I was, like, you know when you have the flu and you feel like you kind of know what you need to do and you you keep trying to grab it, but you can't. And she goes, yeah. I was, like, that is what my brain is like. If I if you don't have the medication, sometimes you're just like, I was doing something. Like you're in the middle of doing
1: something. Yeah. Like, what was it? I'm in the middle of doing 12 things and I can't remember. Yep. Yeah, it's either that well, or you're... That's know, when I, I... Yeah, well, I when I was... I used to run a learning disabilities ADHD clinic. um, And so it was my job to diagnose. And that's fine. You know, I enjoyed that. And then after... I got, you know, I was in the coma in 2010 and after like a year, I finally went in to have testing, neuropsych testing done because I was like, there's something wrong. Like I can't hold a thought in my head for love or money. I just, I, I constantly, I was just really sure that I had like early onset Alzheimer's or dementia or just who, you know, everybody tells you, oh, it's post coma syndrome, which means we don't know what it is. I always love you know, how we're going to call it post-coma syndrome because we don't know what else to call it.
0: There's all the terms for we don't know what it is.
1: Uh, my sister—it makes me crazy, exactly.
0: She got—they uh, were calling it at Cleveland Clinic, teenage white girl syndrome because a bunch of teenage white <laughs> girls have stomach problems, and it's like Crohn's or it's this or it's awesome. this. She just got the worst deal, but you know, she left because there was, yeah. was her and two of her friends. Like one has Crohn's, and I forget what the other one has, but like they were all like in the same boat of like, uh did you go to the doctor this week like but yeah like the stupid terms for we don't know what it is, just say we don't know
1: exactly and and exact and that's that's the you know if they call it post coma syndrome p c s it sounds nicer it's like no, it all sounds like shit, and so i I had gone to see m- the neurologist that knew me before the coma because I was like i I'm having a hard time here. And he looks at me after like 10 minutes and he goes, you have PTSD. And I'm like, "I no, you know, because my job used to be to assess PTSD. And like, no, I don't know. And the whole drive home, which is like an hour and a half. I, and, no, he's an idiot, no way. And by the time I walked in the door, I'm like, holy shit, that's what I have. You know, how could I miss that? Well, because it's me. And then after, uh, after the epilepsy, in 2016, I had the same deal where I'm like, I can't remember anything. I can't focus. I this has got to be some sort of major problem. Like I have some sort of early onset something or something's wrong with my brain. I just I something's wrong. And I go through the testing and everything. And when we're all done, he looks at me and he goes, Okay, you know, I, I still have to do like a formal write up, but I can tell you what I think it is right now. And I'm like bracing for it. You know, like he's going to say you have, a, you know, yeah. whatever the hell your brain is about to fall out your nose, whatever. And he goes, you have ADHD. And, and I had that same reaction all over again of bullshit. I do like no way. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, holy shit. Like I do like I have all of the symptoms and I used to I used to diagnose it and now I have it. And this is fucking ridiculous, you know, but. It is what it is. And so, you know, I used to, my daughter has it. And I used to look at her like, man, you're a pain in the ass. You know? <laughs> but I would get it because I used to explain it to people, but I never had it. And now I look at her like, yeah, you know, you and me, kiddo, I'm right there in that boat with you. Um,
0: oh, yeah. It's funny once you get diagnosed or you know, like, what it is. And then you kind of look at, because when you read up on it, it's very hereditary. And you kind of look at people in your family and you're like, Huh.
1: There it is. <laughs> yep.
0: Like even if it's just a little bit of it and you're just like, oh this now makes so much more sense. Like
1: I get you now. Yep.
0: Like with my grandmother's depression diagnosis, I'm very much aware that I like ADHD is tends to be linked with anxiety and depression. So I'm like, okay, if I if I feel like it's getting to a point that something's gonna like push me over the edge or something, I know, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this. It's, I'm much more, I think, like my grandmother than I would like to admit, but I'm like, if that, Mm -hmm. if that's going to happen, it's going to happen and I'm going to deal with it. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but who knows?
1: Well, well, that's the thing is, is having the ADHD diagnosis and having the PTSD, like both of those, I'm like, oh, well, I can live with that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it, but I can live with that. I can handle that. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, the people around me may not get it, but fine. You know what? That's not my problem. You know, I can't I can't make them get it.
0: And somehow the diagno- having the diagnosis is scary as sometimes it is. It's just you feel better because it's not mm-hmm. the unknown. It's not the other. It's like, okay, I know what this is. I can figure it out. Uh, as my sister learned, do not search it on the internet because that was terrible. Oh, no,
1: no, no. Dr. Google is a terrible, terrible person for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, I found out what she had because she called me crying because she had been, like, Googling and stuff. And fortunately, my brother, my brother told her, stop. He goes, his roommate at the time <laughs> was in med school. He goes, his dad's a doctor. I'm going to have them search for you and give you something right. that's more digestible and less scary because basically she was reading that your throat can swell up. You, the medicine will take away your fertility. You will never have kids. She goes, I'm 23. I don't know if I want to have kids or not yet. I want the option, but I'm 23. Like what, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like trying to comfort her. And I'm like, there's like, it's scary. But I'm like, I told her, I'm like, but you know what, you know what it is now. And you can deal with it. And we'll figure a way out. I mean, right. <laughs> she did freak out
1: my Right, mom. but you can't, you can't Google it because it's like, here's the 27 ways you could die tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the problem is, I think hers is, there is, it, Cleveland is known for, like, our medical center. Like, we have three or four big hospitals. There is one specialist in it. Funny enough, mm. she had already gone mm. to him for something else. But, <laughs> uh <laughs> And, you know, like, that's how rare it is. So, like, if she goes to the ER, if she, like, needs to, they don't know what the hell she has. <laughs> like, like, they aren't going to know right off the bat if she gives them the acronym.
1: They're going to be like, what? Right.
0: So she knows.
1: Like, Does she have, like, a medical art bracelet?
0: Um, I don't know. I know she has something. Like, she always carries her medicine with her because it's just, I mean... For her, she's lucky. She just gives herself a shot. She did much to my mother's horror because before they had the shots, they just had IVs. And she said, "Well, I can IV myself. It's fine."
1: <laughs>
0: but she has like documentation of like what she has because there's there's no way anyone is gonna know. And she has to make sure, like, if she does have to go, like, she can't do take certain things because she's already been through a bunch of the tests and she's like you can't right. and she has on top of it she has a fructose allergy and she's allergic to a bunch of slightly allergic to a bunch of things so like you right. can't give me this because you're just gonna piss off this monster in my abdomen right that did happen once they try to give her i think it wasn't maple syrup they try to give her maybe it was fake maple syrup in the cleveland clinic and she laughed at them awesome because she had the wristband that said no fructose
1: yeah (laughs) no and and it's 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 exhausting i mean i i don't even like when i go to new places now i don't even fill out most of the medical forms you know they're like have you had any surgeries i'm like (laughs) have i (laughs) i've had all of the surgeries
0: uh you you don't want me to check off you
1: know right and it's just it's ridiculous and i've had the experience before where i've gone in And either had my own doctor or met one of my kids, pediatricians or whatever, and for some reason or another have mentioned something about my history and had them go, oh, you're the one. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like, I don't want to be a celebrity. I really don't. Yeah. I. So.
0: That is the scariest scariest thing, too, is like, that's like the worst kind of celebrity, you know, they're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I've read about you. And you're
1: like, oh, is- oh boy, okay.
0: Yeah. Should we talk about this movie?
1: <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. It was, um, yeah, I haven't eaten yet, so we should. Um, but I think this is all kind of a good segue just into this idea of what is self care and what is blah blah blah. Because you know, when you get into the realm of mental health, now it's not just about how exactly do I care for myself, but you don't have that perspective. Oh, yeah. You know, And so we were talking about like, what is it like to have ADHD or what is it like to have depression? You know, one of the worst things about both of those is that until you both have received a good diagnosis and believe it, you're not, you don't buy into the treatments and you don't, you know, really identify in those ways. And so, you know, if you resist the treatment, then guess what? It's not going to work.
0: Or if you don't have a good doctor who's willing to sit with you and say, okay, these are your options. I can lay them all out on the table. This is like treatment A, treatment B, treatment C. These are the pros and cons of all of them. And, you know, I think as a medical professional, this is the best one for you. And I was just like, thank you for listening to the cult of domesticity. We are available on Apple podcasts, Google play, chorus, Spotify, YouTube, and Podbean. If we're not on your preferred app, let us know so we can uh, get on that. Remember to rate review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to help spread the word. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, at the Domestic Podcast, and at the Cult of Domesticity on Instagram to get the tip off, uh, episode tip off, recipe of the week, and additional information about this week's topics. You can also find our podcast merch on Threadless by searching the Cult of Domesticity. And if you're feeling particularly generous, we have set up a chip jar on PayPal. Finally, to suggest a recipe or topic email us at the cult of <laughs> email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com high fives all around